And you've come back. It is Pro Wrestling Audio with Jack Bonza. I'm your co-host, Joel Brown. And it wouldn't be Pro Wrestling Audio with Jack Bonza without Jack Bonza. So the leader of the Red Nation. Hello and welcome, Jack Bonza. Hey, hey Joel, thanks. <laughs> uh, how many Jack Bonzas did I get in there? I think I got about three or four. Jack Bonza. It's Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Now, we are on the back of the incarnation of PWA Black Label Part 2. Um, I think we got some relatively good feedback for Part 2. Uh, I mean, uh, some retweets. Uh, I think the guys at the show with no name gave us a shout-out. Glad to see fellow sort of wrestling sporting pods supporting each other and uh, helping us out. But uh, most of the, uh, I guess, feedback was pretty good on my end. Yeah, I guess so. Like, um, I, I only saw positive feedback, so if anybody had negative feedback, they definitely did it behind our backs. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, want to tell us any feedback, good or bad, at Jack Bonza on all the socials, on I am at Joel Brown underscore JB. Would love any feedback, good or bad. And speaking of which, this podcast is on Google Podcasts. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify, the major three. Hit them up, subscribe, rate, review, and all that good jazz. And uh, off air, we were talking about coming up with a little initiative uh, to uh, give away a free T-shirt, Jack, uh, in regards to if you go to iTunes, uh, if you subscribe, give us a uh, five-star Meltzer review, a thumbs up, say that you're loving the pod, uh, and take a screenshot and uh, hit us up on socials, so at Jack Bonza or at Joel Brown underscore JB. We'll uh, try to hook you up with a free T-shirt. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. I'm currently being learning to understand how important all that stuff is uh, especially when it comes to like pwa's recent album being being dropped and stuff like that on uh on itunes how important the five star reviews are but i think that yeah just to set a time limit on it too if um if you can do that and you can tweet it before we record our next podcast then yeah you could win a you could win a t-shirt from from wrestler merch hit us up on itunes spotify and google rate review subscribe take a screenshot and send it to either jack bonds or myself and uh, we'll try to get in touch with you and hook you up with a free t-shirt yeah and while you're there try listening to the album the um if <laughs> if you can get jessica troy's interest music out of your head um then you'd be the first it's the most unbelievably catchy banger that i've ever i've ever heard in my life uh but <laughs> yeah it's um yeah it's a really cool album um yeah. check that on there too and a quick <laughs> shout out uh who curated that or created that it's cameron Iyer. so uh he has a band called set me on fire uh it wasn't technically the band who did the album uh he did in- individual music for all uh for everybody who um who got one uh, who contacted him to get one and um yeah, he's been responsible for all of that. I think it's it's actually unbelievable that it's all done by the same guy. Like the range, like the the range of different styles of music and stuff that suit everybody's characters and stuff so perfectly is, is quite ridiculous. It's the one guy who pretty much sat there and did it all by himself. <laughs> Absolutely. So check that out. That's on all the, the streaming services, be it iTunes, Spotify, and all that good jazz. PWA The Music, I believe it's called. Yeah, yeah, I'll pin up the album or something, yeah. And then also while we're doing shout-outs about the other podcast, uh, Robbie Eagle started his own podcast with Matt Diamond and CJ Phoenix, who was Cameron Iyer, uh, as well just talking about their old um, their old backyard wrestling days and the history of the backyard wrestling days. So that's probably worth checking out too. Actually, I was scrolling through on Twitter and saw Matt Diamond doing flips off ladders and oh. all sorts of stuff. <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. But it's great to see that obviously he's followed through and uh, is now a professional Die. wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess uh, off the off the 
top of the hour here, or off the top of the show, I should say. Uh, we're sort of, uh, well, not so much debating, but I guess sort of say, hey, what are we going to call this? Or, you know, is it is it the state of wrestling in Australia? But very much so, I guess, more directed at how COVID-19 coronavirus has affected the Aussie wrestling landscape. But it would be very remiss of me not to mention uh, this little announcement, Bonza. Shutdown of non-essential services, flattening the curve to two persons. That's another area of gathering. Our people ask Australia is strong and will continue to be strong. We are up for the fight. We will pay the price and we will charge our way. You've been noticed. Chambers. The PWA Black Label Coliseum, the first entrant in that person is? It's Royce Chambers. Royce Chambers is the first grappler to enter the Coliseum. So, um, yeah, for anybody who hasn't heard of Royce Chambers, he's uh, he's from Melbourne. Uh, I think he started out with PCW. He is the airbender. is one of the most unbelievable high flyers <laughs> to come out of Australian wrestling in a long-ass time, and that includes, like, like Paris or like Diamond or, or CJ or any of those those older guys. Like it's unbelievable what he's doing. Uh, he just had a, a tour with DDT in Japan recently. Um, everything he's done in his fairly short career so far has been very, very impressive. So it'll be really cool to see what he pulls out uh, for the Coliseum tournament. The number one entrant for the 2020 Coliseum, Royce Chambers. Uh, very excited to see these announcements. I mean, the, I mean, last year we spoke about it in length in our previous episodes with the incarnation of PWA Black Label. The anticipation just for the uh, the announcements, uh, and then obviously the event itself. But I guess leading to the topic today, I mean, I did see the announcement. I think it was on Sunday uh, with the little video package uh, that uh, came with the initial announcement of uh, PWA Coliseum. And then, obviously, if the current affairs continue, speaking, of course, of COVID-19 coronavirus, uh, it will be pushed back if, say, going into October, there's no uh, events allowed to be happening yeah. in Australia. Yeah. So, basically, like, uh, we talked to we talked to Century Venues who are in charge of pretty much every venue of, of that kind of, of the MaxWatt size in the Sydney area. And they said that the current advice is that, you know, it's June 30 when we should all be able to go back and do stuff. The government may extend it. Uh, the guy on the airing on the side of safety was we're kind of operating as if they will extend it, mm-hmm. um, which means that they'd be looking at, you know, probably August as a return date. But then again, just to be safe, that he again personally thinks it's more like September. And then just to be safe, we didn't really want to book anything until October. And we were just kind of like, great, we have this thing that we usually do in October. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a little uh, thing. Just, uh, you know what I mean? So that was that was, that was was kind of the conversation um, that happened. But, yeah, again, like we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. And so if it's still not safe for public gatherings by October, then it'll be postponed because, I mean, as much as we're all looking forward to this stuff and as great as it all is, not it's just not it's just not worth it to, to risk something like that for, for the staff and for the fans and, um, and all that kind of stuff. And it's not going anywhere, you know. Like, it'll be postponed. If it has to happen in December, it'll happen in December, but it'll, it'll still happen. But yeah, I think the other part of this has been that it's it's blowing up. <laughs> like like we re- released that video, like we had that countdown timer for 
from January or something insane and it was just going for like three months and it just kept ticking away on the PWA website and, and it start the countdown timer started before the pandemic hit. Like we had no clue um, that that's what it was going to be before we started this countdown timer um, and then it was going to hit in the middle of a show but then it, the shows couldn't be run so we had the, the Twitch parties and we thought it might be a cool uh, way of drawing people into that and getting the thing done and then video boy Jax as he always does came back with the goods <laughs> oh, absolutely and uh, you must be uh, speaking to uh, my heart because um, one of my favourite Tina Turner uh, songs is We Don't Need Another Hero of course the uh the theme song for I think Mad Max Two. We don't need another yeah. hero. Is that gonna that could feature? Uh, that could be maybe a theme song for uh, uh, Colosseum, as it's called Thunderdome. Yeah, I, I fucking doubt it. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um yeah, beyond Thunderdome. I mean, the idea is like we're we're going through not apocalypse, but the joke is that we're going through a little like uh, a little apocalypse right now. When we emerge out of it, that it'll be like a little post-apocalyptic society. So I mean, I guess it's not fair to say society has gone through an apocalypse, but it's definitely fair to say that indie wrestling has gone through an apocalypse. <laughs> when we come out of it, uh, the first thing will be you know a tournament based on an apo- a post-apocalyptic. Uh, theme which which we thought was pretty clever um and then of course you can you can call it mad max watson there are all those little jokes that go along with it but yeah we put that stuff out there and you know uh, there was the concern that there was going to be some blowback about announcing an event while we can't really have events for for health and safety reasons and but that's why we were you know we're very cautious to put out there just saying guys we're not going to do anything that's not uh that's not safe but we've been told that it should be well safe by then like hopefully we can have events before coliseum like we we don't we don't 100 percent know, but we've just been told that October should be should be pretty pretty confident in saying it. Um, if we can do one beforehand, great. If we can't, should be right by then. And if it's not right by then, then it, then it gets pushed off. Uh, but yeah, with the announcements and stuff like that, again, we'll just um, I think people people have been super excited. There's been so much like just great positive. Like everybody wants to be a part of it. Everybody wants to enter it. Uh, and the the cool thing isn't just people suggesting themselves. It's when you get uh, people suggesting other people when they're in there. Fans putting up their lists and stuff like that. Like it's just been really it's just been really cool. And some of the comments that we've gotten from fans have just been like like one literally got put on the PWA page today. That just said like this Thunderdome thing is the thing that has given me hope during isolation Mm. it's something to look forward to and i think that's i think that's something that we all really need at this point in time mentally (laughs) this is my call uh anyone out there well versed in uh, creating videos uh can someone please create a mel gibson uh entrant into the coliseum or mad max that would be absolutely amazing I've always thought it would be funnier to release like a uh, – last year we, we talked about if we could get the date right, releasing like um, like the You've Been Noticed JT Robinson <laughs> and just and just getting him as like a thing and then just being like the next day just being like, ah, just kidding, it's Travis Banks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, because he's been on Twitter, uh, I believe, JT Robinson sort of saying, you know, by October he should be fit and ready. Yeah, I, see, I think he said he'd be fit and ready to – to watch Coliseum <laughs> uh, by then. That's, that was his, uh, that was his take on the situation. But so. I guess, like you said, uh, that's going to be possible uh, the 16th and 17th of October. I mean, all things considered, obviously, if there's not an extension of these lockdowns or yeah. I guess a rise in the curve of, you know, what do they call it? But I mean, I mean, you'd think in your head, that's plenty of time. But like you said, if you, if you need to uh, push back, then we can, it'll become, I guess, a Christmas uh, Coliseum 
Coliseum theme? Yeah, whatever. I mean, or next next year. I mean, like the uh, last year we had two Coliseum finals because me and Moretti happened in February and the actual Coliseum happened in October. Uh, so you know, it's it's not it's not attached to a particular date. It's not the point. You know, the point of the Coliseum tournament is to bring together the best in-ring grapplers from PWA and from all around the country uh, to to compete and just show what they can do bell to bell you know that's that's the whole thing that that's not attached to any month or any period of time the amount of love and and fun that everybody's uh, putting forward and having is is what's important the, you know the communication <laughs> the staying social the keeping it all relevant uh, is, is kind of more important right now so that's kind of nice but I mean the the thing we put out there this week because you know, we, we've been discussing for a while uh, what topic should the next one be, and we had some ideas for topics, but when this all kind of got blown away, it just felt like it was a little, uh, I'm not going to say insensitive, but almost ridiculous not to acknowledge the what's currently happened to indie wrestling having to be completely shut down. Um, like, we haven't been considered an essential service the same way WWE has. <laughs> yeah, if only. Yeah, I mean, I think, was, I think we probably could. I mean, I don't think there's anything that's... Like we could probably, if we really wanted to, we could probably film no fans, no fan events. But it would just be stupid. Like, can you imagine if, if like, because I mean, we're a bunch of young, fit athletes. We are in the lowest possible danger at this point in time. There's still danger, but like, relatively speaking, we're in a low risk range. But what if someone picks up something and passes it on to somebody's parents, and then someone dies? Like, it would yeah. just be, it would just be like, it's not even close close to worth it but yeah we just i just felt it'd be worthwhile so we put out some questions and then uh big underscore chappy that's the one um on twitter he put out the question do you have the question there exactly i sure do big uh, well the name's uh chapo's lockdown oh, live at right. big underscore chappy <laughs> he's a big fan of the show so big shout out there will the temporary uh stoppage of aussie wrestling kill off the momentum that has been building around the scene and if so will it be hard to rebuild that momentum back up again when wrestling is back on again yeah and um when we read that it was just it seemed to be such a poignant question uh, this period of time, I thought I thought it was quite a good one. So we just, I think that'll cover the the majority of this episode. <laughs> and like you said, it's I mean it's the big it's the elephant in the room. I mean you, we can't we can't sort of continue to talk uh, I guess hardcore all about Coliseum and how great it's going to be and you know the I guess you know what the possibilities are. But I mean the real possibility is like we've said at the top of the hour here. I mean that might not even happen, but. Uh, I mean, it's definitely put a, I guess, a full stop on a lot of things for the short term. I mean, I know we touched on last week about Ricky South, he, you know, had talking about momentum. I mean, he was full of it, correct? And yeah. and that's Ricky's kind of definitely been, full of it. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. But I mean, that kind of momentum somewhat lost. I mean, not. I mean, that's on a, I guess, a on a one performer, one person. Uh, looking at it but i mean as a organization as a company pwa and aussie wrestling i mean it's what do you do yeah so i mean uh just to yeah i guess we're gonna jump in and tackle the question i mean the first part of the question is um will temporary stoppage of aussie wrestling kill off the momentum the answer is yes it already has you, you can't you can't get the momentum stopped much more than literally not being able to run shows the momentum has been totally stopped that's the definition of the word there, mm-hmm. there's nothing else to to go there so I guess the longer part of the question <laughs> is will it be hard to rebuild the momentum once we're able to be back? And so that's that's where it starts to get interesting. Um, I'm not an expert on uh, coronavirus 
or anything like that. Um, I'm not an expert on or anything that's going to happen and when we can be back. I just, I just, you know, try to stay as safe as we can for me and the people under my care, which includes, you know, people in the PWA organization. Yeah, w- once once we're able to come back, you know, will it be hard to rebuild? The short answer is we don't know. Uh, because it depends on a lot of different factors. The first consideration that I would I would go into is because I would split this up into two two. There are two major things that are going to be affected by this. There's the health side, and then there's the economic side. So uh, the health side really comes down to government regulation because whether it's safe or not, the 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 place that people are going to for their information and whether they're allowed to go outside or not, whether they're allowed to open their business or not, is is the government. Uh, so. It, it just kind of depends on like, uh, you know, when that when they're going to reopen. And the thing that we don't know about the virus is that like, okay, Australia's doing pretty well right now. Like right now, like relatively speaking, compared to other countries that are out there, like America and England, for example, if you look at the numbers and the stats, people in Australia have been much smarter about keeping themselves safe and, and staying in isolation and doing all that kind of stuff. So it looks like we'll come back quicker. But that being said, we, we don't fully understand the virus. So a lot of things, a lot of things depend on a lot of things. Like you know, are we gonna stop the like stop the spread of the virus and then relatively be able to go back to normal when they reopen? Like when will they reopen? And then will they immediately reopen everything, or will they come back and say, okay, you can have public gatherings of a hundred people? You know, like they they open up a little, but not all the way. Like so that's that's something to consider. Um, the other thing is like you know, are they gonna come up with a vaccine or a cure? If they come up with a vaccine for a cure, then we end up coming back a lot quicker. Uh, the second major consideration, from a, I would think, from a government perspective, is if they come back too quick, or if they come back at a smart time, and then they they just didn't quite have the understanding, and there's some other random fluke that causes a secondary outbreak, we might come out of the thing, have three or four shows, and then get shut down again. Mm. Um, and that makes that's a real momentum killer. So yeah. it's actually uh, and very difficult to predict what's going to happen um, in the long term because the rebuild of momentum, the answer is we can rebuild momentum. But the thing that would hurt more is if we start to rebuild momentum and then get cut off again. It's it's uncertainty. What's worse, being pushed back further or starting up again then having to stop? Being pushed back further would be better. Having one long break and then having a continual run would be much better than, I, th- I think, much better than stopping and starting because that would just be very frustrating. It's got, On that, I know we're talking wrestling, but um, a big topic of discussion has been the NRL and the AFL restarting yeah. their season. I, and I'm personally of the opinion, um, I'm an AFL guy, but I, I think just put a line through 2020 and start fresh for 2021 – I'm a bit biased and I think that the AFL would be more financially in a better position just to start fresh 2021, 2021. Uh, but the NRL kind of needs to get back on the field, start generating money. You, you mentioned economic side. Is it a necessity for PWA uh, to get back in the ring, so to speak? or From, a, from an economic perspective, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's not. Because the thing about the way our shows run, is that most of the costs happen when the shows happen. So when the first show got shut down, we, we took a big hit, like thousands and thousands of dollars um, were lost through all the money that we had to spend um, to build up the show. But now that we've gotten through that and that didn't collapse the company, um, there are relatively no costs um, to having PWA except for like yearly insurance and, and, and stuff like that that's relatively minimal. The actual problem that we have on an ongoing basis is the training schools. 
So um, we have there are two training schools um, that we that we kind of associate with. There's the Pro Wrestling Academy um, in um, in like the Western Sydney area, and then there's the House of Free Fighting in the Newcastle area. So the difficult part is that both of those are relatively large sized um, areas where the ring sits and there's a little gym and there's an office. Like pretty much every promo you've ever seen come out of a PWA guy is filmed in that building somewhere. Like they've dressed it up and down a lot (laughs) to make it look very different, but that's where it's filmed. But keeping that stuff going is not cheap. And the thing is, that's an ongoing commitment because they um, they have rental agreements. So they've still got to pay hundreds of dollars a week to keep those going, but we're not allowed to train. So like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the financial troubles we're having aren't so much about the company. It's a loss of income, but like, but none of us, this is, none of us that this is our only job have totally lost income from it. So we have other places and and most of us are okay when it comes to not making that extra money from the wrestling. So to tighten our belts a little bit, but it wasn't a killer. Uh, But the ongoing expenses are the training schools and and that's a big thing because like the thing we've talked about before with pwa newcastle pro the reason why those companies and those wrestlers tend to be so good and tend to be so special is because they train two three times a week um and so it was like a if that that's the big that's the big economic blow uh for for pwa i think um what i was gonna try and look at it is when we when we got back to uh to the economic side is that there are two there, there are two kind of sides to the coin in the economy, and both of them are going to be, um, both of them are going to be affected. The, the other thing, quick thing I mentioned about government regulation is that even if we come back, they'll they'll definitely lock international borders. Uh, that'll that'll be the big thing. So I don't think wrestlers will be able to come in from America or England for a very long time, <laughs> mm. or if they do, they'll have to be in quarantine for two weeks when they arrive. Yeah, and I don't think there are going to be very many local pro wrestling companies and pro wrestlers from America or England who can afford to sit in a hotel room for two weeks, mm. doing nothing, not seeing anybody before they wrestle and 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 go home, and then probably maybe have to go into quarantine again when they get home. I don't know. Like it's just a like that's that's another thing that that could affect that could affect the wrestling scene. But when I when I talk about like the economic stuff, so now that we've kind of got government regulation out of the way, and I get that out of the way quickly because those are just my thoughts. Like most of most of these podcasts, this is just my thought process. This is my momentum. I do not claim to be an expert on on the health stuff or what the government's going to do. I was just throwing out there how I think it is going to affect the stuff that will affect the PWA business. But I, I, you know, again, not an expert, just those are the things that are running through my mind as one of the people who run the businesses. I was speaking to uh, Marty DeRosa. Um, he's a comedian um, uh, on Wrestling Source Radio. Quick plug there. Um, he's a comedian, but sort of, you know, has a little bit to do with the independent scene over there in America. And he kind of mentioned that, like, it would be here in Australia. There's a lot of volunteering with uh, people with PWA, Nui Pro, uh, and obviously – Australian wrestlers, they're not not all Australian wrestlers are getting paid the big bucks as much as you know people would like to think that. Um, do you think the the PWA wrestlers are passionate enough that they would sort of, I guess, put aside payment just so they could get the show going again? Yeah, see, I don't know. That's where it's going to be hard, um, and that's what we're going to talk about soon. It depends on how successful the shows are. Um, I think they, I think they would for sure. Um, if it came down to we can run the show or we can not run the show and the difference depends on whether you guys want payment or not. Um, I think that most of them would say, yeah, let's do it. We'll, we'll waive the payment. 
but I would hopefully not want to ask them that because <laughs> and I, I just I just I, I don't think that's what it's gonna really come down to so so hopefully not but yeah it is a bit different in Australia for for a number of reasons um, there there aren't many people here who make a living just off being a wrestler um, like there is in America and, and there is in England uh, so there aren't so many people who are doing that but it doesn't mean that their jobs aren't going to be affected so like what I, what I was going to look at with this stuff is um, I was going to look at it from the supply side and then the demand side so if we start looking at demand and what I mean by that is is fans Mm. Yeah, that's the two sides of an economic coin, really. It's all demand and supply. And so it's going to be interesting to see how demand is affected by this. Will fans come back or not? And and where I think it comes down to is when you look at it from an, from an economic perspective, and again, I'm not trying to downplay the health part with just – like it, it's all important. This is all necessary, but just because this is necessary doesn't mean that people aren't going to lose their jobs and have their income affected. You know, just because we have to go into lockdown and that's the correct choice doesn't mean it's not going to have other negative effects. What if a lot of our fans have lost their jobs or reduced income, and then they need to spend their money on rent and food and something like going to a pro wrestling show becomes less of a priority because they have less money. Perfectly reasonable, but it's definitely something that will affect our business alternatively will everybody be so starved for content (laughs) because we haven't been able to have a wrestling show for a long time will fans be like so keen to go outside and get back into wrestling that we'll have double the people coming to our shows we actually we don't know and it really it could come down to anything like i don't know what our fans do for a living are they essential service workers who have been swamped during this like i know i know um one bloke he does work uh mowing lawns and, and landscaping they've had more work than they've ever had in their fucking lives for some reason <laughs> like it's just it's just a weird thing but i mean they're very socially isolated like they wear gloves and 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 glasses and stuff like that like they don't they don't have to see people they're holding equipment they know so there's no reason to shut those guys down but at the same time they've been working really hard but then at the same time i know like you talk to um some of the guys like probably yourself and like andy rose they're having a tough time because you're in sports journalism Mm. and there's no sport so what do you do for a job like that there's there's people like that so it really depends on whether the people who watch our family how badly have they been hit economically and so like when coliseum tickets go out pwa tickets aren't cheap they're never cheap these ones are cheaper than coliseum tickets tend to be partially because it's like a little like we really just want people to be able to come even if they don't have as much money and that's something we keep in mind but at the same time we don't have any money either because <laughs> like, because a lot of us have been affected so we can't give it away for free either because it'll just it would just cost more money but so that's been taken into account the other thing that i think is interesting from a demand perspective is that like let's say australia is able to come back on june 30 Mm. I don't foresee America being able to come back on June 30, nor do I see England being able to come back by then. I don't know what's happening with Americans. They're fucking crazy. They're, they're currently out. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you something that's hilarious. Remember when um, Scott Morrison came out and he was talking about all these essential services and they were saying how they weren't going to shut down hairdressers yeah. because um, because um, they considered the essential service. And there were all these tweets about like, what do you mean? Like they, they have to touch people's heads. They stand over them and breathe them. They couldn't be more of a indicative thing. My theory at the time was that I was like, just knowing like my wife or knowing other people, they think that hairdressers not being shut is ridiculous until four weeks from now when their roots start to show, yeah. uh, when they have split ends and whatever. I couldn't imagine a, like, imagine like 
if, if this lasted for six months and then like Scott Morrison hadn't had a haircut in six months. So like our prime minister has a ponytail, like all this stuff. I'm just thinking the kind of, the thing that might actually drive people out of their houses more than anything is the fact that their haircuts are fucked. And, and it sounds so silly, but it would be like, it's such an important thing to people about their hair care and their identity. It means nothing to me, obviously. Um, <laughs> but actually on that though, I think the more funny part was where, you know, hairdressing was a essential service. And I think it was a maximum of 30 minutes. And I just looked yeah. at my wife going, yeah, remember that last uh, haircut you went for, I mean, for 30 there, minutes? There are, there are laws you can, you can and there are laws you can't enforce. Like, they're just insane. It's like when they shut gyms. And I'm like, I don't think a single person who made that policy goes to the gym. So they cannot understand what going to the gym means to people from a mental health as well as a physical health basis. Um, so they just had no understanding. So they probably put 30 minutes in there because it sounded good. But uh, my point was – the other part of it too is if they're trying to keep everybody in isolation and their hair starts to go fucked, you can cut somebody's hair out of your basement with nothing but a chair and a thing of scissors. Uh, I'm saying like it would be – you would so quickly have the most underground hairdressers, people leaving their houses for all sorts of reasons. Like can you imagine like, the cops like stopping over people and just being like, nice haircut, a little too nice. <laughs> like where where have you been? Like show me that where's the hair? You know, that kind of stuff. It would be insane and I actually think that that was a consideration and now – Fast forward, Americans are going out there and protesting, and one of the number one things that they're whinging about is the fact that they can't get their hair done. I had the wife cut my hair a few years ago. I wouldn't yeah. recommend it. I haven't had a haircut since. I'm just letting everything grow insane. Um, I, I just don't give a fuck. But the whole <laughs> thing is like – but yeah, you, but you can just imagine that would drive people crazy. And, like, and you never know what's being shown on TV, but the one that I watched was people were more – they weren't concerned about going back to work so much as they were concerned about being able to go to a barber. Uh, and just stuff like that. It just struck me as being funny because I'm like, that's actually one of those things you wouldn't think about but actually really would be important to people. But the point is, um, them there, there are so there are tens of thousands of deaths in America and they're protesting they want to open back up. I don't know what's going on over there, but I can't imagine that indie wrestling will be allowed to safely come back for an extended period of time. And the same with England. Like they um, – they're just the numbers in that area are particularly bad right now. And we don't know what's going to happen in Australia. We could still get hit. Um, we, we don't know what's going on. I'm like knocking on wood, not trying to say anything nasty about them. Well, I'm trying to say something nasty about the protesters. Those people are idiots. But the um, I'm not trying to say anything nasty about either one as a country. But when we talk about demand, we talk about online demand. If there is no indie wrestling in England or America, but Australia has indie wrestling, we actually might open up more demand for our online content. But, Jack, Sorry. could you imagine my ratings if I got rid of coronavirus and everyone back out on the streets? That's my really bad uh, Donald Trump there. Yeah, well, <laughs> see how many of his, you know, how many people drop off from it. But, yeah. yeah, but that's my point. But you, you don't know. And the other thing about it, too, is if American borders, if Australian borders are shut to Americans, uh, we can't bring things in. But when you look at demand, you look at substitution, right? So, like, let's say butter becomes really expensive. Mm. It can't become really expensive because people will switch to margarine. There, there's a substitute. But if you look at something like Max Watts that has bands there and then it has wrestling, if all of a sudden all these touring bands can't come to Australia, concerts, plays, anything that would normally come from outside to Australia will struggle to cross the Australian border now. It actually may create more demand for local for local theatre or, or for local entertainment or anything mm. like that. So we actually might have a bigger demand. I don't think it's really possible to see – 
how our fan base will be affected yet, but it, it could go either way. Yeah. And so that was the thing I was looking at when I was thinking about like, will people want to come back? The other thing is habit. You know, people were always looking forward to our shows every month. They were doing whatever. Like they knew that the next show would be roughly a month from now. They'd go to the show, they'd pick up their ticket the next Monday or they'd, they'd check out what the matches were happening. If somebody hasn't been to a wrestling show in six months, there's no guarantee that they're going to come back. They may have just picked up a new source of entertainment. Like there, there might be something else that's on their minds. They just may not care anymore. They might not have – like before they might have come back because they were hooked in all the storylines, but the storylines are kind of – dropped off because you haven't been able to see it like we, we don't know what's going to happen but that's whether we can build the momentum back up or not is partially going to depend on how these things um affect demand because you know another part of it too is i was gonna uh, i guess i'll split onto it later but the, the next thing was um on the other side of the economic coin is is supply mm. like so how's this going to kind of affect the actual wrestlers and stuff like that you know, like the thing about the wrestlers is when we come back is we're all, we're all people too. And I think that people, I think the fans tend to forget that wrestlers are people. That's where you get like really abusive and nasty messages and stuff. <laughs> like they, they forget that like, you know, we're human beings who are reading this as well. But part of it is that we're all in isolation too. And we don't have access to our training facility. We don't have access to gyms. Like, um, you know, when we come back is, you know, is, is Kingsley going to be as wide as she is tall? You know, we don't know. She hasn't been able to get to the gym. I mean, I know she's not. She's she's working out. But I, was, I was just using it as an example. Like, is you don't know the kind of shape they're going to be in, physically speaking. Mm-hmm. And then you don't know the shape they're going to be in, mentally speaking. You know, like, it, it's difficult. It's depressing sometimes that they, they may get out of it. You might get people who just don't want to come back. You know, you, you get people who um, maybe their incomes have been affected too. You know, wrestling is not their only thing. Maybe somebody, you know, like my mom had a job. Um, somewhere, but that cash room had to shut. So she's been, she's had to work somewhere different. What if somebody had to work somewhere different? They have to move. Yeah. Like one of the, one of the wrestlers, you know, their incomes might be totally affected. Their their partner may have been, uh, their partner's income may have been affected. So they have to go somewhere else. Like we actually don't know what's going to happen. As well as the fact that it's hard to keep sharp. You know, like I mean, putting shade on wrestlers who don't really train or practice or take pride in their crafts. I guess it's not going to affect them that much. <laughs> right. <laughs> But the PWA wrestlers who take a lot of pride in being very well practiced and, and being in very good shape, and the same with the Newcastle guys, um, and a lot of the other local guys, and a lot of the other ones in other states, like you know, um, Wrestle Rampage and EPW and, and RCW and stuff, like it's um, they 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 they're gonna have to practice this. <laughs> like they're gonna have to get back into the gym. They're gonna have to get back in shape. I mean, some of us like I'm pretty lucky. I've got a home gym. It's not as good as going to the gym, but I've got something. Um, which is good, but we don't know how it's going to affect the wrestlers from a actual performance wise or from their, from their personal lives wise, which could affect what we can do. The other thing is the venues. We don't know what they're going to do. I mean, is it possible that an entertainment venue that somebody usually uses shuts or might they, um, change ownership because they couldn't, because whoever was in charge of it couldn't do it. And then the next ownership just goes, wrestling's garbage. We don't want it here. Mm. You, you don't know what can happen with that stuff. Uh, it, it's difficult to predict. And the other point of it too is like, I mean, what if bands can't come out anymore? What if they can't maintain, you know, I mean, in the bigger venues, I suppose, like, you know, the smaller venues, it's not going to matter so much. But like, what, what if their only income is these big international touring bands and then they can't open anymore? We actually don't 100% know. Or even the external stuff. Like, you look at Max Watts, you know, part of what makes um, 
Max, what's so successful is there's easy parking. You can get there by public transport. There's a very pleasant couple of pubs and burger shops right next to it. Um, there's a movie theater up the road. Like there's there's all this nice stuff that goes about it. What if every single one of those other businesses had to shut? Something interesting, there's a bit of a, I guess, a similarity. I think it was like back in the 50s or 60s, like Australia wasn't importing um, music uh, or records from like England or America or what have you. But what happened was somehow like some Australian bands would get bootlegs or they would sort of hear it from somewhere yeah. and then essentially do their own version of a song or an album <laughs> and become and become you know the biggest thing in Australia. It used to happen um, in wrestling in the 90s. So what would happen is people would tape trade and because the local fans um, couldn't see anything, and I mean literally anything because like uh, WWE wouldn't even like show anything on TV. Like there was nothing there. So all of a sudden you get somebody – ripping off the character and the entire move set of Ric Flair. <laughs> and most of the people in the audience had no clue and just thought that this guy was great. Like those things, those things happen everywhere. I don't think it's going to happen now because of, you know, internet technology. <laughs> Could you imagine if this whole thing had hit while we like the internet didn't exist? Man. Rap. Like <laughs> it'd be a whole different, it'd be a whole different game. Yeah. Uh, different thing but yeah but on, on the plus side with the venues and stuff like that and the wrestlers too is i can guarantee you that every single wrestler in pwa is just sitting at home pulling their own hair out twiddling their thumbs about the second that they can get back into it the amount of ideas and energy and 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 creativity that is going to go back into these shows when they can come in it's going to be like it's going to be like randy marsh getting the internet for the first time in a couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's gonna just explode like with everything they've got in one hit like people are going stir crazy like part of what we're doing at the moment i shazza tweeted about today but a few of us are doing it. we just check on people constantly just to see where they're at mentally and just to have a chat and do stuff like that oh, some of the people are going so stir crazy with all the stuff they're coming up with you can see all the additional content they're coming out with and all that kind of stuff the people who come back after this break because wrestlers don't usually like like sometimes they need breaks but they don't always like them for an extended period of time like people are going to come back firing on all cylinders like these may actually be the most out there insane crazy shows we've ever had just because no one's been able to do anything for three or four months the wrestlers the supply actually might come back much fucking stronger yeah. <laughs> than it's ever been because it, it's like you know you don't appreciate something until you've until you've had it taken away from you and so they come back and they appreciate a lot more they, they, some people i know for a fact are just training two times a day just physically they'll come back way more shredded than they were before um just all sorts of stuff like that like the wrestlers are going to come back firing um could be the other could be the other side of it or a wrestler who wasn't your favorite before might have taken some time and come back with something new that makes somebody who you didn't realize before a total fucking superstar um you mentioned training there, Bon, so I don't know if I'm uh, jumping ahead a little bit. Um, I believe uh, a lot of the PWA guys are doing sort of via Skype uh, video training. Yeah, yeah. So what's happening at the moment with um, – I, I know a lot of us doing it. So I know PWA is doing it. I know EPW is doing it, and I know House of Free Fighting is doing it. Um, they do a lot of training and uh, online courses just as best we can. Like uh, I can take you through the PWA one easiest. So like Saturday mornings, they usually get together and they'll they'll do a conditioning workout. So it'll be something like a deck of cards. Um, or for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's like uh, I usually play them like uh, clubs are – Free squats, um, spades, uh, jump squats, uh, lions, uh, um, lion, like, uh, pardon me, hearts are lion push ups, and then, uh, diamonds are ab 
uh, are like sit-ups or something because, you know, you want abs like diamonds, hearts like the heart of the line, line push-ups, uh, clubs, you want to beat yourself after the squats and then spades, you want to bury yourself after the jump squats um, because all black cards are double. Uh, <laughs> and that's what happens with the squats. Uh, but then um, – and then jokers are like you you double and a half whatever the most recent card was. So if you if you get like a if you get like a, a, a jack of spades um, and you had to do twenty jump squats and then all of a sudden you have to do, you have to follow it up with another fifty. Um, or sometimes jokers are just fifty burpees or so you change it around all the time depending on what you're doing. Um, so sometimes I'll get together in the morning and then five o'clock and this is my favorite one is that um, on Saturdays is they'll get the rookies to do promos and then we'll sit there and we'll watch everybody's promos. Um, and then and then critique that because that's a side of the game that we can still practice. Um, last week, one of the topics was Jack Bonzer wanted to wrestle you and you said no. And so he married your mother, became your stepfather and forced you to wrestle him. And now you've got to respond to that via promo. That was definitely one of my favorites. Um, Mondays... It kind of changes up. Like Robbie's done some stuff on like um, you know how to create a wrestling resume. Uh, you know Madison's done some stuff on on wrestling gear, like how to put it together the best. Like I'm doing one tomorrow on um, you know creation of storylines and angles um, and how that kind of makes sense. Just lectures and stuff we can do, and then like you do like match reviews, like you'll all watch a tag match and then you'll tear it apart and uh, talk about structure and what they could have done and little things like that so there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on at the moment mike quackenbush does a lot through shikara too um that you can kind of get in on uh so there's a lot of that stuff going we're doing what we can but there's only so much you can do (laughs) i think at this point in time um but we're still yeah we're still pushing it as as best we can because the other thing is about the venues is like i was talking about before the international borders we might have more venues available to us than ever before you know uh, we might have more uh, promotional things available to us than ever before because there is no international stuff or the international stuff could come back and I don't know what I'm talking about. It's just these are all the things that I, you know, that you consider um, when you think about the business and what could possibly um, what could possibly happen in the future. Well, you mentioned that. I know uh, the wife, she surprised me earlier in the year. She bought me uh, some tickets to go see WWE when they were in town. I believe that's in August. I, I'm i pretty much putting the line through that. I don't see that happening at all. I think World Series Wrestling was November or was pushed back to November. That's potential, but I think you, you're hitting the nail on the head. I think the Aussie guys, if all goes to plan, uh, have got the, the pick of the market, so to speak. Yeah, I can't see international borders coming back for a while. I just, I mean, without um, without having to do the isolation first, I just, uh, I'd, I'd be very surprised if it all came back, and uh, and that could be good for us. But the other thing is, you know, we brought this back to to bring this back to the original question because I don't because it, it's answering it in my mind because all this stuff really depends on the on the momentum that we can build back up. Yeah. Because the you know the question is, will it be hard to build back momentum? And my point is, it depends on all of these factors. Like yep. it depends on it depends on the demand. Like it'll be hard to build momentum back if none of our fans have any money to spend on on tickets or merchandise you know it'll be hard to build um momentum back up if uh if our wrestlers are no longer available or we don't have the same level of help uh to do the stuff it'll be hard to build it back up if our wrestlers are back out of shape and not performing like they used to it'll be hard to build that momentum if the venues disappear with that being said it might make it much easier to build uh, uh momentum back up if demand is very high because nobody's everybody's so starved and there's very little else to do or, or supply might be able to really easily 
um, pardon me, momentum will be easy to build back up if the wrestlers come back firing on all cylinders and everyone's like, you have to come and see what's happening. Like, it'll be easy to build up momentum if venues and, and promotional stuff is, is more available because we have less competition than we used to have. There's no, there's no substitutes for what we're doing you can come and see wrestling or you can see nothing um like it, it, it'll make it easier but one of the other things i was i was going to touch on is when you talk about building momentum like look at what what does everybody really consider to be the turning point of australian wrestling momentum i i would say it was osprey hmm. uh was one of the building things and because when you look at building momentum for a card like if you actually look at how you um build up a crowd or an audience you know when you do a regular one like there's a, there's a big difference between promoting for one show and then doing a show monthly uh and one of the but one of the things is if you actually look at what pwa did we had osprey and then osprey cutting that promo made us something that really helped launch our momentum without him doing that promo that got so much worldwide like uh all those views and stuff like that that doesn't happen. But if the international borders are shut and we want to you know, kickstart momentum, if we say everybody like uh, Will Ospreay is going to be at the show or, or somebody new and cool is going to be at this show that you really want to see, everybody's going to come to that show. And because everybody came, it'll help build the habit again. It'll get people excited for it. It'll help us build momentum. But if we can't get those international wrestlers in, we may not be able to build momentum. You know, like a lot of, a lot of what, happened before like and even beyond will osprey one of the thing first things that peter bray did at max watts was we had a cage match and and we had osprey on the same show and it was because people love to come and see a cage match but what people may not realize about the cage match is having the international or having the cage match is not the point it's never the point if you're just doing those things to pop the crowd and then the next month, you have to do another one of those things to pop a crowd. Like if you get to the point where you're relying on bringing an international in every month or trying to have a bigger one every month, it's not going to work because you have to keep topping yourself. And at a certain point, you cannot top yourself. You just you just can't. And then people become like they get used to it so it doesn't mean anymore so they're not going to pop in the first place. What the actual point of having a cage match on last is to use the first six or seven matches on the card to plant little hooks to get people interested in coming back next month when there is no cage match. You know, like if you if you have a cage match and you're 400 people, okay, let's say we we'll use the numbers. Say you had um 180 people come to the first Black Label show. The second one had a cage match and had Will Ospreay and it sold out with 450 people there. And then the third show after that that didn't have Will Ospreay or had the cage match had 210 what you've actually done is you've used the cage match and Will Ospreay to get people in and then the undercard was interesting enough or had enough storylines that you needed to come back and see the fruition of the following month to hook an extra 50 people in. And and that's what you've got to keep doing. And then you have those 210 people and then you do stuff with them to keep that 210. But then occasionally you have things to just get those extra people and whether it's a big match, whether it's some form of extra marketing or something like that. And then you've got to use the undercard to make people regular fans of the stuff they hadn't seen before. So that, that's one of the things. So when we talk about building momentum back up, one of the tools you have to build momentum is to bring an international in because people already know and want to see the international, but then they have to sit there and watch your undercard for two hours. If you can use that two hours to get that person to be just as big a fan or at least enough of a fan of your local guys as the international guy to come back without the international, that's the point of the international. If we can't bring the internationals in anymore, it's harder to start up momentum because we can't do stuff like that by bringing them in.
Hmm. If, if, you, if I've been clear. <laughs> I, I know there's a lot of PWA fans or Australian wrestling fans that are, uh, you know, big Jack Bonza fans, uh, big Robbie Eagles fans, big Shazza McKenzie, uh, Concrete Davison. They're, they're fans of the Australian homegrown talent and sometimes the international stars kind of like a, a cherry on top of the cake so to speak. For sure but when you ask a lot of these guys um, that they're who are huge fans of us why they first saw us a lot yeah. of them mentioned House of Hardcore and the only reason they came to House of Hardcore was because the Young Bucks were there or because Billy Gunn was there or because of something like that then they were so impressed by us that they decided to come to the PWA shows but see they wouldn't have come to see us in the first place if it had not been for the internationals so like you, you can actually point to like us being able to build momentum because we use them to help us to then create those other people being fans and that and that's that's and that's the thing that may slow us down if we if we don't have it or, or that being said the other the other side of the coin is that coliseum this year may not have an international person at it mm. which means that like if you look at like all the tweets and stuff and people asking for different people like uh, smash uh, uh, Mitch McCarthy or um, or or Tommy Knight or Gavin McGavin or any of these other people that people are you know strongly putting forward a lot like Steph Delander or something like that. There may be more spots for them. Yeah. On this tournament, that people will probably still pack out even without international, which means that it might you know it might it might be enough of an event in and of itself because it's the biggest tournament in Australia that people are already getting eyes on and seeing the countdowns and stuff like that, that it might actually help build everything else around it too, without the internationals and which, which may be more of an opportunity for the local Australian guys without the internationals. So for every disadvantage that seems to be caused by this, uh, economically speaking, there, there may be an advantage. And so like to really get to the end of, uh, answering the momentum question, yes, it has halted the momentum. No, we don't know if it's going to be easy to build back up or not. <laughs> it could absolutely go either way. We, we, time will tell. Like if the government stops and starts the isolation and the ability to have it, or if they build it back up slowly, who knows? Or if it comes back and then we're pretty good for a while, we'll be good. And then it depends on like, can we bring in internationals? Uh, do people have any money? Have the wrestlers been affected? Have they re- like which way have they been affected? Are they more keen or are they less keen? Like we 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 don't know. But those, uh, I mean, I think that's my answer to the question of we don't know. And here's why we don't 100 percent know. It could go either way. <laughs> Looking at the uh, timer there, uh, one question, uh, 50 minutes, and um, we've got a few more questions here. I think this podcast might be a record uh, five hours or so, Bonza. Yeah, I think you can probably cut half that opening conversation. <laughs> I mean, we got a we got a few more questions uh, by Instagram, and Twitter. Do we want to do a little bit of rapid fire with? Yeah, that? just we'll do it much quicker on this one. <laughs> Before we do go uh, rapid fire, uh, obviously the big news last week, especially in the way of WWE, was uh, WWE releasing uh, a shitload of uh, wrestlers, writers, producers, agents. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure how across it uh, you were. I mean, what's your initial opinion and perspective on that? Um, I was. Uh, I was surprised that other people were surprised, um, but I, I guess that that's not like it's one of those things where like uh, a lot of people when we were doing that when we we're going to the shutdown they were like of course let's just let's just isolate everybody why could this possibly cause a problem and then a lot a few of us who had businesses were like listen we're not saying we shouldn't shut down we're just saying that this is going to cause some problems <laughs> mm. like, and one of the major problems was always going to be people were going to lose their jobs like I know lots of the local wrestlers 
have lost their jobs. And that, that's not their wrestling jobs, that's their local jobs, and they are struggling at this point. Um, WWE is a major corporation. Of course people are going to lose their jobs. That doesn't make it less devastating. That doesn't make it less concerning or problematic. And I think the reasoning why people were so upset is because WWE, of all the places, are the ones that could afford to keep them on. Mm. Thing happening. So in my head, it's a dick move. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. It's a dick move. But at the same time, they have all these people who would be doing nothing for possibly years. Like, what, what's America? Like, we don't know when America's going to come back. But at the same time, I think it was a very bad look to release those guys um, so quickly because yeah. they're not going to have anything else to do. You know, like, they're not going to be able to move into a different job. And again, like, all the stats that went out there, there was like, if McMahon, who is obviously very comfortable financially, had, mm. you know, halved his bonus. He could have kept them on for another two years. I think something like that would have been a very good, like, morale thing. Yeah, like, don't absolutely. worry, guys, we'll look after you. But they, they chose not to do it. So I think my – but at the same time, I think the other perspective is the internet is very, is very like, you know, that was, a, that was a bad idea. But at the same time, the internet has to realize that the internet is, is not really their concern. The bulk yeah. of their – the bulk of their fan base would be like, oh, good, I didn't like Heath Slater anyway because he was always a jobber. He was never presented as anything. And so if you don't think about it too hard, if you're a casual fan, you're probably not going to give a shit about these guys' personal lives. The company should give a shit about these personal lives, but the company is only worried about how it's going to affect them financially. And I think they made the good financial decision and the responsibility they had to their shareholders you know mm. so it's just it's just one of those things where like i was a, my initial reaction was i'm surprised that people seem to be surprised but i don't think the people were surprised i think people were just like you could have afforded to keep them on this is a real dick move and we're kind of shocked that like it, you know what i mean it was kind of like you guys shouldn't have done this it was less surprise and more trying to put shade on them for something they probably deserve to have shade put on them but yeah i think as soon as they announced the lockdowns this was inevitable you, you touch on all like you know they had the money to keep them but i mean i think the biggest thing that i took from it was the amount of talent that wwe has been hoarding and oh, yes. <laughs> and you know aew mlw i mean other places where these people could have gone to uh, tna or impact wrestling uh, they were definitely hoarding talent and i think maybe not i think the timing was very bad i think when they were speaking about that they've got reserves or whatever that they can cash in on bad timing and yeah it's just but i i do get it from an operational standpoint but i usually kind of go with the human side first which is easier said than done but yeah i think bad timing doesn't look good but Exactly what you said. This is the WWE. What do you expect? This is a, a company that goes over to Saudi Arabia and gets a lot of uh, yeah, dirty I mean, money. If, I should if, say. I, if I were running it, I would have kept them. And, and for no other reason than um, good, PR. good PR, but also company morale, man. Like, I mean, imagine the amount of people who aren't quite Roman Reigns in WWE who are terrified of losing their jobs right NXT now guys, because especially. they they cut so many jobs that it's like if this thing keeps going we could just be we could just be cut and and to have people feeling insecure about their jobs within an organization that's bad for culture like i, I think even from a business standpoint they would have been better off keeping them i, I think you know or if someone had made some kind of like again if it man had given up his bonus that year or something like that that could have helped again we're talking millions of dollars it's not it's not nothing to just say like just don't take 20 million dollars like uh, if you yeah. if you had the option of taking 20 million dollars you might 
it, you know, it might be a lot more difficult a decision than we're making it sound. Absolutely. Um, but like the whole, yeah, I think I just think, yeah, I, I wouldn't have, I would have, I would have aired on the side of keeping employee morale higher and trying to be nicer to people during this time. Cause hopefully, I mean, people don't tend to remember very far, but I really hope that I think that if during this period of time you look after somebody, I'm hoping that they remember you doing that for a while, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And I guess the silver lining here is while there's some talent let go, I mean, I'm pretty confident most of that talent will eventually find work. And I mean, they're great enough talent to find some form of way of income or getting picked up somewhere when this all sort of clears up. But the silver lining, uh, we did see this uh, the past week on Monday Night Raw, uh, Australian wrestler Indy Hartwell uh, debut. Yeah, that was cool too. I mean, it was just, yeah, it's almost interesting just to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, oh, that was, that was a cool thing in the middle of all this stuff. Like, who would have expected that somebody got moved forward <laughs> yeah. to the start? But that was really cool, man. Indy, Indio has got on well with Indy. Like, I think um, Newcastle Pro was the first person to give her a championship. And then as soon as Newcastle Pro did it, just about every other women's wrestling in the women's wrestling championship in the country went on her at some point. Um, so that was always a fun thing to to kind of look at, but no, that was really cool to see her, see her still moving forward and, and doing stuff. But yeah, let's look at the uh, rapid fire questions uh, on the Instagram account here. Um, we've got Kaylee Ede music. Uh, sorry if I've butchered that uh, at, uh, he wanted to know what is it like uh, training students to be wrestlers? Um, I mean, that's, that's, if I were to go into depth on that, that'd probably be its own episode. <laughs> um, I think, I think discipline's important. I think discipline's important early on. Uh, if you don't teach somebody who's new to wrestling to make sure they're on time to do, if you don't do all the exercise with them, um, if you don't get them in early, then by the time they debut, they're not going to take it seriously. Um, then they're not going to feel that wrestling is important. And then that's when you end up with people, um, very poor wrestlers who don't understand why they need to train or why they need to do whatever. So yeah, I think the key thing to training wrestlers from, from early on is to instill some level of uh, discipline and, and hard work in them to make sure that they, they keep being great wrestlers moving forward. And also I think it's a really important weeding out process. Like, so somebody who wants to be a wrestler, who doesn't have what it takes, they should be worked out of the industry early on just to make sure, because then that way, even if they don't make it, if somebody ever asks them, about what it was like they say being a wrestler is really hard and so it just kind of creates more respect for an industry that sometimes struggles to um have people respect it so it's not fun you, you don't you you don't get to be nice and and nor should you on yc has uh, asked uh, any consideration for a tag team version of the coliseum yeah it's called fucking king of trios and it's, <laughs> it's it's also called um it's also called um king kings of the castle or the Invictus tournament that's held up in Newcastle Pro every year. Um, so I've already kind of, you know, done that. <laughs> Jesse McIntyre, 15, is a big fan of Madison Eagles. Uh, would you like to see Madison Eagles in Coliseum? I'd love to see her win it and beat UG. And this is where we uh, you have to explain as well. I also thought this. I thought if you won Coliseum, you got yourself a number one contender shot. Right, that's and I guess, I guess my question for that would be, when the fuck did anybody ever say that? <laughs> In the history of any promotional material that's ever been released, when did anybody ever associate winning Coliseum with getting a title shot under any circumstance? Never happened in a million years. <laughs> 
So um, yeah, I mean, the thing is that um, Madison being Coliseum would be would be sick, and I'd love to see her beat Ugg. If there's anybody on the planet I'm more afraid of than Ugg, it's probably Madison Eagles. Flipping over to Twitter here, uh, another Coliseum-like question: uh, All reality uh, TV shows are doing the all-star sort of MasterChef Survivor. Could this year's Coliseum have a similar theme? Kind of already touched on the uh, post-apocalypse, but uh, all-stars, perhaps. Well, Can like we all some... stars of like the two previous Coliseums that we've had, like it's a yeah. um, <laughs> there've only been two of them. Like <laughs> we we can't be like like doing like a whole like like Survivors had fucking thirty three seasons and that's just Australia. Like they can they can do an all stars because they have depth to 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 look back on. I mean, you actually look at the the Coliseum tournament. It is all Australian all stars. There's nobody who gets in that tournament who isn't an absolute top-of-the-line, bell-to-bell technical wrestler. It already has the theme of being the preeminent tournament for, for wrestling purists and grapplers and stuff like that. That's that's all That's all it is. It's all it's ever, it's all it's ever supposed to be. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to see something like that. Um, and also the other thing about it too is, like, you see, like, should we put Wahlberg or, or Moretti back in it? Mm. I don't, don't think so because, like, either, what, they win it twice and then it's like, oh, okay, that was – boring or it they lose and it demeans their win from years ago it means that okay Meridi lost that one that means that the first coliseum tournament obviously wasn't as important as the third one which i think is you know it's a waste uh and then you get stuff like you get Wahlberg and Meridi fighting now you know that's a pretty interesting fight if Meridi had been in the coliseum tournament in the second one and not won what is there to argue over you know Wahlberg beat him so i just yeah Last one on Twitter. How do you put together a match? Do you visualize the match move for move in your head or do you call it in the ring? Both. I, um, I'm, I'm pretty versatile. Like personally, is that what it meant? Personally, <laughs> like just me. I or, guess so, or, or in general. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can do anything. It's fine. Like uh, if you, if you go to like Booker T school, all his, most of his training is just work a match on the fly. Um, and so you get very used to it very quickly when you do that five times a day, six days a week for three months or, um, or planning stuff out. So then you go to like Shakara or something like that. And they have these insane six person tags that go for 27 minutes or all the stuff where you have to remember constant intricate stuff. And then you, you do that stuff too. So, I mean, I think like most things in wrestling, it's important to be able to do multiple styles. And so different people have multiple styles. My style very much lends itself to working stuff on the fly, but yeah, I'm capable of doing I'm both. I always heard a thing where, like DDP, for example, he would write his match down, like, and he they would do it like move for move. And I think even Randy Savage, he was like a really a finesse freak. I think um, find like the Randy Savage one is um is like is part of legend. Like I think you'll find that maybe he did that for his big WrestleMania match. I would be shocked because I mean Randy Savage is one of those guys who probably worked 300 days a year for years there's no way he's writing out 300 matches a year with every random jobber that he has in the ring it's just impossible but mm. wrestlemania against ricky steamboat maybe <laughs> you know, so that's like that's a that's a thing i don't think he would have written out every match and and ddp i'm not that familiar with what he did but did he just work for 
WCW. I uh, I mean that's where he most of his fame was was with WCW. So if if he never did indie stuff, if he only wrestled once a week, then maybe he wrote out his matches. You know who knows? But you wrestle six times a week, you're not writing out your fucking right. matches. <laughs> <laughs> like, not. And I guess sort of like just calling on the fly as well. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm just sort of speaking personally. Sometimes I find it hard to remember people's names as opposed to you know what move or whatever I, I'd be doing. So that would yeah. Be, uh, see, I'm a little daunting. weird like that because like I don't forget anything. And like I got like yeah, I don't think I have an identity memory, but I have something close to it. I can still I can still like move for move tell you what happened in a match that I had two and a half years ago. Like it, it doesn't like it's just a thing that, that happens. The only time I ever really forget stuff is when I get a concussion. Uh which thankfully hasn't happened very often. But yeah, I d I don't know. It's just um some people like to write stuff down. I think it comes down to nerves. Mm. I think if you're nervous um, and you really want to make sure it helps to just be – it's kind of a calming to keep going through it when it's written down. But I've never written a match down, no. Well, when I first started in radio, I used to basically write my breaks out word for word. And then uh, yeah. one of the other announcers came in and goes – Mate, uh, you know, got to relax a little bit and, you know, maybe some dot points, but have fun because uh, I was writing it out. I was, I was almost like writing out bloody like little stories for breaks and, you know, it was likely that one of the other announcers put me aside and said, you know, just hit the certain points you want to hit, but uh, have fun and get your point across. And I guess similar in uh, putting a match together perhaps? Yeah, of course. I think more people get worried about their promos too. They probably write them down more. <laughs> so, but I think I think it's a nerves thing. I just think like if you if you can relax enough with it, um, then you'll be okay. That, that, that's mostly where I've seen people write stuff down that I'm working with is is like rookies who are in their first six months who are freaked out about working somebody who's been wrestling for 12 or 13 years. So they're probably, you know, have seen do main events and stuff like that. Um, and they just want to make sure they don't, they don't get it wrong. But I don't know. I don't know many, I don't know any, experienced wrestlers who, who write their stuff down but i could be wrong they could be them out there i just haven't seen it you bring up a good point there i won't try to uh, uh beat you with it too much but say you know i'm i've just come out of the pwa academy my first match is with jack bonza obviously that's for a reason because you're going to be able to kind of help help me out there make me look half decent but also i'd probably entrust a lot in you being able to i guess give me a bit of direction Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's why you'll see that. That's when you see the um, like if you look at the booking of uh the the academy shows, it, it's it's supposed to be for the newer guys, but you don't just get all newer guys. You get a newer guy, wrestling and experienced guy, and and that's because they they can kind of be helped through and covered for if things go wrong. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think uh, we can call that a wrap there, Bonza. I mean, uh, touching on the uh, epidemic that is COVID nineteen coronavirus and how you know it has affected Aussie wrestling. I guess more particular PWA from your standpoint, but I mean the entertainment industry, and it's not just those industries. I mean everyone is hurting uh, at this point in time, and it's it's easy to say, oh, you know, it'll get better. You know, when, when people are, you like you said, they're dealing with real life issues right now. You know, when's their next their next paycheck going to come in, or yeah. you know, how that source of uh, money is going to come in. But I hope we've uh, talking about it uh, tonight has, I guess, made people kind of forget about it, but I guess think about it a bit differently. Probably not. They- <laughs> I, I I thought it was more like, um, to me, it was just it was just ridiculous to keep trying to do random topics mm. and then and without touching on and acknowledging on all the things that could kind of possibly be affected by it down the line. Um, I personally think that um, I think we'll be fine. Like I think we'll be able to build momentum back up. I think we'll be able to figure something out. You know, I think the key to a lot of this is just to like, it's kind of how I live a lot of 
my life, like you're going to get setbacks. Like no matter what you ever try to do, I've, I've never been lucky. Everything I've ever achieved has had significant setbacks to it every step of the way. And the only way I've ever had success is to mentally accept that whatever I try to do is going to have significant setbacks and I'm just going to have to figure out a way to get past them and push through. And that that's helped me out a lot mentally. And I view PWA as a company the same way. We'll figure something out. You know, it, whatever restrictions get put on us, whatever changes happen, we will accept them, do what's safe, and figure out some way to keep moving forward. Um, and, I'll, and I'll tell you what will make you happy. Uh, if you go to Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts, <laughs> rate, review, and subscribe, take a screenshot, send it to either myself at Joel Brown underscore JB or at Jack Bonzer. You could be in line and win yourself a free Jack Bonzer T-shirt. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, the other thing I'd like to throw out there at this point of time for anyone who's who's listening is that like just just generally speaking, I think I think we're all going to be a lot better off and we're all going to be a lot happier if everyone's just fucking nice to each other. Like seriously, like I st- I still see the amount of Twitter garbage and debates and stuff that goes on at this point in time and people trying to say something negative about somebody else who's having a complaint or whatever like that. If you could all just be cool, like there there are people who are gonna you know. Have, be emotional about something that's happened to them, you know. And even if their even if their opinion's wrong, they're feeling frustrated because they lost their jobs, or they're feeling very upset because somebody close to them or themselves has has been sick, you know. Like, there's no reason to be to be harsh on people. Like, just be understanding that like everyone's having a really tough time right now, and you're not going to help by viciously shooting them down, <laughs> like you know, like or, or try to attack somebody for any reason. Like, this is this is the time. This is the time to be nice to people. And if you ever like wonder about like having friends and stuff like that, the thing that I always remember is that when when you couldn't do something for somebody and somebody was still nice to you or if you were checked on or just basic stuff like that just builds just just so much more rapport um, or relationships and makes you feel so much better. Like somebody sent me a message today asking me um, – like just asking how I was mentally and I was very thankful for that because I spend a lot of my time checking on other people but very rarely do I do I get checked on and I think that's because normally I'm kind of you know one of the leaders of the thing it, it, it's looked like that's it'd be weird too but you know just stuff like that it feels good you know so if you can if you can do something nice for somebody for free <laughs> easily I, I you know I don't understand why you wouldn't and I think that just just being nice and just checking on people and stuff like that. I think that's a really good and easy way we can all do that right now. Absolutely. In the words of uh, Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. (laughs) I used to love that movie as a kid. I used to watch all the time. Be excellent to each other. But this has been Pro Wrestling Audio with Jack Bonzer. He's Jack Bonzer. I'm Joel Brown. Just a quick recap. If you would like to score yourself a free Jack Bonzer t-shirt, find Pro Wrestling Audio either on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Follow, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Give us a five-star melter uh, and take a screenshot and uh, send it to either Jack Bonzer at Jack Bonzer or Joel Brown at Joel Brown underscore JB. And we will hopefully, you will be the uh, winner of the free T-shirt. But this has been Pro Wrestling Audio with Jack Bonzer. And uh, until next time, that's where I usually throw to Bonzer's theme music. But we thought we would finish with... Oh, would you say a funny story, Bonza? It's a it's a personal like story. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I got <laughs> I had to get permission from my wife to tell it ahead of time. Uh, but <laughs> we're good. The um anybody listening to this eighteen plus inappropriate content. Cover the ears, yeah. Sometimes downtime, downright disgusting. 
but <laughs> something to listen to. So uh, the the basics of it is, I think we we talked last week, um, or we mentioned in the last in the last podcast that uh, my wife is pregnant um, with my firstborn son coming up in August. Juggernaut J. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. So um, the the story came, and I had this thought, and I sent you a message about three in the morning last Saturday. To, let, to make sure I didn't forget it um, because I was chatting to somebody and I realized I hadn't talked to him about it. Uh, so I brought this up and I realized it was hilarious. So the um, basically what happened is before we – I mean me and my wife are trying for a little bit but nothing too serious. But before we started trying, because I'm a diabetic, there's this thing that can happen um, with the sperm that like it, it can have like DNA damage in it. And so we wanted to get tested for that uh, before – like we before we moved forward just to make sure like there wasn't any any kind of real issues and so i had to go and get a test but because it was coming up on christmas uh it was difficult to find an appointment time and the right area so the dates that may be familiar to you if you're 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 in uh you're a pro wrestling historian was december 13th mm-hmm. was the uh the only time friday the 13th uh was the only day that i could uh, go and get it done at this clinic in Sydney. Now, the other thing that happened on December 13th was that I had to pick up Jushin Thunder Liger from the airport because it was the day before I wrestled him. <laughs> Liger down under. Liger down under. So um, I get up at uh, early. I drive down to Sydney. I go into the clinic. Now, going into the clinic was one of the funniest things I can remember having to do because you kind of like – it's very unclear where you go. So I walked into like – like a totally separate doctor's office and asked for this clinic and they're like, ah, oh, sorry, man, you're on the wrong floor. But the thing about this clinic is it's basically a sperm collection clinic. Like people know why you're going there and it's all very professional and medical. But at the same time, I basically just walked into this room and just went, Hey man, where do I need to go and jerk off? And he was just like, yeah, wrong floor. Um, so I then um, went to the other one and you, you set the appointment and then feeling very conscious because everybody in this room is just staring at you, knowing what you're going to do in the next five or ten minutes. I get let in by a nurse. She hands me this little cup, which is – the cup looks exactly the same as if you've ever gotten a urine test done. It's just a small a small mm-hmm. plastic cup with the labels on it, the yellow lid. Yeah. Um, and then she <laughs> leads me to a door and says uh, – what did she say? It was like um, close the first door, open the second door. And I was like, okay. And there's full, there's full on like, you know, like when you're in a bathroom, like there are two doors and the function of the two doors is to make sure that you can't just open it up and see someone like peeing. Like mm. there has to be a second door. It's like an airlock to make sure that nobody outside can see directly into the bathroom. That's what it was. Right. Um, and then, so I just went into this thing that was essentially, and I can only describe it to the only, the only words for it is masturbation station. That's, that's all it was. It was this, like this computer clip and like the remote for the, for the computer screen was like in plastic and it, and it clear. And they assured me ahead of time, they, they disinfect everything before you go in there. Like, um, it had these like old clips of like porn from like the 1990s. There was like, uh, there was old magazines neatly folded in the thing. There was all this like random, uh, kind of porn. And then just two like, very uncomfortable lounges. Um, and again, if you've ever tried to like, I mean, I remember I described to you the jar. If you've ever tried to jizz in a jar like that small, mm. it, aiming is difficult, man. Like it, it's, it's yeah. not a, the whole thing is a very stressful process and it's expensive too. So you don't want to ruin it. You don't want to screw yeah. it up. Uh, but then I come out and I, and I hand, <laughs> this hang on, jar. Hang, 
And I mean, but what, what I mean, you talk about the quality of the uh, the material there. Um, so you know, 90s. So was it was, was, it, was, bit, as it, was it wasn't like full stuff. It was like you could you could pick one up that was like cheerleader porn one, cheerleader porn two, cheerleader porn three. Did you uh, just get the phone out and just looking up Pornhub or? Uh, yeah, that's actually exactly what I did. <laughs> like it's just it was just, you know, I, I had a, I enjoyed myself. I was like Snapchatting the room to my wife, just going, "This is the funniest fucking thing I've ever been in in my life." But like it just wasn't quite. So um. Yeah, and then um, I, I came out and I handed her the jar. And again, I don't know if she felt awkward because it must be her whole job, but mm. I felt awkward. Like, just going, here, here it is. Like, and she's got like her gloves on and everything. It was just like, she goes, okay, great. And then go, go out there. And I'm, I kind of come out. I'm like, do I need to pay for this here? And they're just like, oh, no, we'll send you a bill and stuff. I'm like, okay, great. So then I go out and get into my car and I drive to the airport to pick up Jushin Thunderlugger. Hang on, just quickly there, Bonzo. <laughs> um, was, uh, was the cup full? No, man, no. no. <laughs> Full? Come on, man. I'm, I'm a man, not a machine. Like, okay, it's, all right. It's all right. insane. Um, so anyway, I um, I go pick up Liger from the airport, which is funny because, if, you know, I know what he looks like in his mask. I don't know what he looks like without his mask. Um, fun fact, you can absolutely tell. You can absolutely tell who he was as soon as he walked out. That man has unbelievable presence. Yeah, wow. Uh, so I picked him up, took him to the airport, uh, spoke to him in the, the limited Japanese that I know, which he was – he pretended to be impressed by, which was very nice of him. <laughs> I um, I lit him up. I went up into my room for a little while, hung out there, went and picked up Farley, <laughs> the rest of the New Zealand boys, and brought him back, and they all wanted to take a nap. So I'm laying down on uh, – I'm laying down on my bed. And then I get a call from my wife, which is unusual because she normally uh, just texts me. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's kind of like half crying. And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. Turns out she'd gone in for um, for like some other random blood test. And then they they went to her like, listen, it's very early. Like you wouldn't have been able to pick it up with a pregnancy test. But it turns out she was already pregnant. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I went and did this, this <laughs> test and all this fucking stuff right on this day of this very high pressure weekend and it turns out that six hours later I found out that it was all for nothing um, because the reason was normally you wouldn't get a test at that point and it wouldn't show up on a pregnancy test but there was some hormone they just went oh your, your pregnancy hormone doubled or tripled or something yeah, it's, right. it's very likely. so we actually knew that she was pregnant like the same day i'm walking around having to keep this to myself because you can't tell anybody until the 12 week mark yeah um just in case because oh man go talk about all the pitfalls that can happen when you're newly pregnant but anyway the um yeah i'm walking around having to wrestle liger and doing all this stuff having to keep in that i knew that my wife was pregnant uh and it was this whole big thing but yeah that was the story uh, so that did, that did come up in conversation with tags farley or any of the key uh, guys oh, hey i just went and deposited uh, some, some yeah semen. no and then the thing is you have to wait 12 weeks and we're all excited to tell everybody um about it because you know we were the first one for a long time and then you know concrete davidson announces that he's having a baby it's like all right and then uh then uh <laughs> the other one that dropped as well announced that they were pregnant we're just like fuck you but, but now it turns out that there are three wrestling sons being born in june july and august um, all in a row. That's going to be an unstoppable uh, stable. <laughs> That's what we're looking at. Like, what was that one where it was like Randy Orton and uh, and Ted DiBiase Jr. and Cody Rhodes? That's right. Yeah, legacy. I think legacy. It was. Yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> That'd be us. But we're just all going to just dress up our babies like many versions of us. Good thing about mine is it'll have the same haircut as me. Yeah, we bald. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the uh, the future of uh, PWA is uh, is on its way. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> That's not, an amazing not that story. What he asked. Four weeks later, <laughs> I go into the um, we go into the uh, what's it called? Gynecologist. Mm. Gynecologist's name was uh, Doctor Quinn. 
which was the other theme that I had to keep to myself for a long period of time because I think it's fucking hilarious that there was like Dr. Queen Medicine Man was Medicine where we Woman. went. Uh, yeah, well, we had to go for our theme. But anyway, um, and then we go in there and um, I, after we – I think we listened to The Heartbeat for the first time that day, so that was nice. But yeah. once we were done with that, um, I said to him, I never got the results of that test. And then he's just looked at me and gone, Good. Like, like, because obviously everything had worked fine. Yeah. And I went, yeah, I still paid $415 for this test, so I'm going to need you. To um, and then he, he comes back and he goes like, oh, yeah, like uh, anything over $15 million is good. You have $298 million. Uh, anything under 30% damage is good. You have 2.7% damage. And I just went, so what you're telling me, he goes, you're in like the 1% like the 1% top percentile of like most virile men in, 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 in like in Australia. I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah. Add that to your uh, Twitter bio. Well, that's what I'm joking about is that we came out and wife was just like, oh, you know, I'm going to be holding, I'm going to be like walking around showing people like, you know, the, the sonogram of the baby and you're going to be walking around with this certificate saying how virile you are. I'm like, that's exactly what's going to happen. That's so, going to be <laughs> you know, that's the title coming at PWA. Yeah, it was gonna be good. So anyway, that was that was my uh, very personal story. <laughs> no, good, yeah, kudos to the wife for letting you one uh, talk about it. But that's uh, that's sensational. That's a great story. And again, congratulations. Uh, yeah. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> and now that's where I can finally go. Until next time, Pro Wrestling Audio with Jack Bonza. Bonza's coming for us all. Hey!